Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Maui Nui is on a mission to help balance axis deer populations for the good of our environment, communities, and food systems on the island of Maui. They've shared over 126,000 pounds of nutrient-dense protein with the Maui community. Secure your spot now. Become a snack subscriber and join in helping to build more resilient food and ecosystems on Maui. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I-Venison.com. And use promo code BEAR for 20% off your first order. Outdoor Adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. My name is Clay Newcomb and this is a production of the Bear Grease podcast called the Bear Grease Render where we render down, dive deeper, and look behind the scenes of the actual Bear Grease podcast. Presented by FHF Gear, American-made, purpose-built hunting and fishing gear that's designed to be as rugged as the places we explore. I have a, I do have a big, I do have a big mustache. It's a fact. Yes. And I have a pretty big beard. But Dan's beard has has like mass. It's coarse. To it. Like a it's hedgehog. It's like mass. Like it's dense. <laughs> it's coarse. Is it not? Yeah. yeah. It's it's a good yeah. beard. It's I've a always beard. said that. That's the main reason I like Dan. <laughs> I didn't ha- I had no reason Gary to like hates him before. Beards. Did you no, know Dan did- looks good in a beard? I'll be honest with you. Thank you, Gary. Josh, I'm not gonna tell all your <laughs> people what i think about your beard but <laughs> gary the world saw that picture of me and clay at the costat river and clay newcomb without a beard is a handsome man clay newcomb with a beard is a handsome man josh spillmaker without a beard is a it hurts the eyes to look at oh, hey you were a handsome man <laughs> you're talking about you the saw one it did you see what i wrote on on instagram, on instagram? The reason I didn't have a beard was probably because you told me it held too much scent, and I would never kill a deer. Wow, oh, this really? is going oh, full man, circle. I, I, here's now, the thing, see, Dad. Listen, Gary Newcomb was a banker. He had to look professional when he went into the bank every day to be successful. He's sporting a little goatee, and right so now. his the way he lived influenced me in a in a positive way. I mean, I think this is a good thing, and so I, I've always like had a beard. Clay, when I met Wait. you, your hair was like wild, and you had a beard. How did that, that was Gary's that, yeah, that's what upstanding it. career imprint on you? 
why don't you do you want to give your, your yeah philosophy? i know what it is sure go ahead he just wanted to go opposite of anything that i like <laughs> <laughs> and i mean and that's hey and, and you know one other thing look where you ended up i mean you're one probably inch from Folsom. Not New Mexico, <laughs> but prison. <laughs> <laughs> All he's lacking Excellent. is a neck tattoo. Excellent. He's got one. <laughs> it's just a little deeper than the collar shows. Yeah. Welcome to the Bear Grease Render. Man, yeah, this is this has started off great. Hey, this is we have a we have a secret guest. We will reveal this guest later, but this guest is has committed the, not to make a peep. The energy <laughs> The energy of the Bear Grease Render Christmas Party, which you are all a part of. Congratulations. This is a Christmas party. It's exciting. Dan, why don't you describe bells. the decor that you see around here? Well, it's lovely. It's seasonal. There's a lot of antlers and old books. It actually looks like it always does. Well, except for the Christmas cookies. That's yeah. what I was about to say. There is, And I've already had at least one, but I've been told I can't eat anymore because it makes a lot of noise through the mic. He's being a little testy about there's the a, mic today. It's, if we're a Christmas party, there's, I will say there's tension in the room. Yeah, it's a little hostile Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling like it's there's a There's a lot of unspoken expectations, I think. <laughs> the bar has been It's like going to a Christmas party with a lot of signs about what you can and can't yeah. do. You will have fun on my terms. <laughs> Uh, that is exactly right. <laughs> that is exactly right. Hey, we're we are going no foreshadowing here, folks. Uh-uh. We are we are going to have an actual Christmas party. We have gifts. We have, we're going to have a, we're going to have a gift exchange. There's going to be singing. There's going to be refreshments. <laughs> this is going to be incredible. There's a the saddest part of this is that Brent Reeves couldn't be here. Too mm. sad. It's, yeah, that it, is. so it, Brent. We have an empty chair for him. We'll we have mm-hmm. a special holiday greeting for us all, though. Oh, that will really? be on this Sweet. episode, okay? Wonderful. Oh, really? So I will introduce my guest, though. To my left, Dr. Dan Roop. Hey. Great to see you, Dan. Great to be here. Yes. To your left, my lovely wife, Misty Newcomb. Always good to be here. Yes. Mm. Great to see you. Good to see you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay, yes. guys. <laughs> to, okay. To, to your left, Josh the Lambridge Spillmaker, which I'm thrilled that the Lambridge came up once again in this it did. E- episode. It did. I, I feel like every time the word Landbridge is mentioned, there should be like a little jingle or something Do-do. like, the Landbridge. Hey, I got your new tattoo, though, that you need on your <laughs> neck now that Gary thinks we should be in prison. They walked there, quote unquote. Oh, you, I like that. Melzer? It's a good tag, tagline. They yeah. walked there. I mean, re- he said yeah. it like a real matter of fact. Yep. Yep. He said, they walked there. Like it was like he he started it and stopped it in such a way with the enunciation of his voice, like there was no arguing. I noticed you wanted there was a small part of you that wanted to kind of bring up a different view. Yeah, and water you, route. And then you quickly were like, Okay, let's move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you didn't I touch love it. it. I mean, I'm pro yeah. Lambridge, but I'm also pro, you know, Taylor Keene saying the Cherokees came from the south via water route. This is a lot. This is deep waters, uh, pun intended. But your tattoo should say "They walked here." I, I like or, it. Yeah, I like it. And the and the Vikings <laughs> made it to Hevener, Oklahoma. We know that for sure. The runestone. Mm. Look it up. Okay. To Josh's left is our secret special, very dear special guest. But to 
her left oh. is Gary Newcomb back from wherever he's been. Back from the grave. Good to be here. <laughs> Where have you been, Gary? Well, I can't tell you. It's secret. It's all a secret. <laughs> secret. I, I tell you what, I will give you a little hint, though. I've been doing some research, thinking about writing a book. Okay. On the Black Panther. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, I think I can go ahead and foreshadow this. Meat Eater, we are coming out with a hat that is going to be the design of the Bear Grease hat. It's going to have those same colors. It's going to be a patch hat with the same colors, and it's got the silhouette of a Black Panther, and it says Believer. Yes. Oh, I love that it. will be for sale it. on the meateater.com very – I'm just going to say soon. And soon, when we're talking about geologic time, <laughs> might be like, you know, like February – Hmm. Soon might be like when this thing comes out. Are you with me? Well, well, everything except for when we're talking geologic time. Well, okay. When I say soon, there are many qualifications to that term. Okay. Soon to some people might be like tomorrow. Got it. Hmm. Soon, but I don't know exactly when soon is. So there's a believer hat. So, well, it's good to see you. Yeah, thanks. Good to so. see you, Dad. Good to see you. So to Gary Newcomb's right is our special guest, my dear mother. Judy Newcomb. In her festive Juju. green cable knit sweater. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> well, it's good to be here. It's an honor to be here with all these astute, with clay, but not witty, with us. bold people. Idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not idiots. I didn't now, say Juju, that. <laughs> you realize that your name comes up a lot. Oh, I listen to the render. <laughs> yeah. Well, just in my life, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Juju. Like, I don't even, I've quit qualifying who Juju is when I talk to people. I just say she needs her own hat. I just say she does. Juju said, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's Clay's mom." (laughs) So great to have you. And the reason Juju is here is because Juju is the is the queen of holiday festive energy in life. Yes, one hundred percent. Okay, you agree, Dad? I do absolutely. Like when you go to Juju's house day after Thanksgiving, man. The Santa Clauses come out of wherever they live the rest of the year. <laughs> North true. Pole. And they're all oh, over the funny. house. Angels. Hallways. Nativity scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Immaculate mm-hmm. Christmas trees. We we opened some gifts the other day at Juju's house with, for our kids. And the wrapping paper on those, there was more intent put into the wrapping. Inspirational mm-hmm. like wrapping that mm-hmm. I was like, you put more thought into this than I did Buying you know, our house. The first 20 years of your life. <laughs> Designing our house. And that is a true statement because I didn't know what our house was going to look like until they framed oh, wow. it. <laughs> Just to be clear, I did. <laughs> true story. So, Juju. Wow, that's, not a that's quite no, a tribute. I know it's not. And Welcome. she did bring this festive tray of cookies. Very they're delicious. Festive. Christmas only, trees and yes. stars. We could only eat one, but they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> because her son uh, is Clay. Is I, how many did you have? One. Did you have the Christmas tree or the star? The star. Mm, that star. means something. <laughs> Juju, uh, what is your uh, what What do you think about what do you think about the bear grease like our format? Are you cool with the way we're doing this? Oh, I I enjoy it. I love listening to the I love listening to the bear grease. Then I love, love podcast, and then I love listening to what y'all say about it. Uh, the narrative of it, it's interesting, and uh, y'all are so funny. I have to laugh at 
Who's your what, favorite yeah. Bear Grylls character? Oh gosh, mm-hmm. <laughs> careful! I'm, go, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go renege on that. I'm not gonna say. How do you feel like Clay has? been? I told them not to ask me hard questions, and they're asking me hard mm. questions. Just one. How do you feel like Clay has been with all the commenters? Do you oh feel like- well, now I've had a little talk with him about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I tell him not to be so hard on a few of them to listen to them because they are really saying what they think. Yeah, they are. They do say what they think. They do say what they think. Do you feel Not that they're always right, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to be a little gracious with them. Mm -hmm. I think you could be gracious with a lot of people in your life, Clay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do you you feel like the format's working, though? Do you think there's any kind of marketing... marketing problems with like having this documentary style podcast and then the render people getting confused did you have any difficulty no, with the transition i don't think so there? several of my friends listen and they, and they enjoy it. it they they enjoy the the talk among you guys the kidding and the laughing and uh then but they also enjoy when y'all are serious and you talk about the the concept or the the subject okay. you're talking about so okay I who think do you it's think? Good. Who do you think the smartest person on the rim? <laughs> I is? told you not to Misty ask. Misty again. Oh, I'm going to say uh, Mr. Newcomb here. Hey, oh, there you oh, go. Oh, oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> I have to live with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my. No, I, I, uh, everybody here is. You know, oh, they, we're all smartest. They, Guess what? She's a kindergarten teacher. Of course, she's going to say <laughs> I'm that. I'm not a kindergarten. Welcome teacher. to my life. <laughs> You're all great. I'm a, <laughs> you, you, you do you notice that she's kind of leading us like you we were a kindergarten class. Yeah, I, all of a sudden, I feel really special, <laughs> and I know everyone else does too. For, I feel like nap time's right around the corner, <laughs> and I remember all the letters of the alphabet. <laughs> Everybody gets a ribbon. <laughs> it's all coming back to me. Okay. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're now going to have our. Okay, it is now time for us to have our Christmas gift exchange, okay? In, in white elephant fashion? Yeah, so Josh, why don't you describe how okay, this so is going to go down? We have a few gifts here for those of you that brought gifts. Whoever gets to go first gets to pick a gift. Okay. They're going to open it. Yeah. And they're going to be excited about what it is. The next person can either steal that gift or they can pick a new one and sew down the line. However, whoever the last person is, they can steal or they can open but then it goes back to the first person. They can keep what they've got, or they can steal one right. of the gifts that are already okay, in possession. Yes, question. Okay. Do, do you need to draw numbers? Who goes first? Mm-hmm. Juju, how about you decide? You pick a number between you one and You decide who goes first. We'll close our eyes. Just, just, just go for who it. Has, just, how okay. many gifts do we have? Each person and we number. have five Misty gifts. Misty is number gifts. one. She's going to go first. Okay. okay. Gary's number two. Okay. Clay's number three. Okay. Daniel's four, and we're gonna let Josh be last. Oh wow! <laughs> I actually okay. think in white elephant. All right. Everything. Let me say five. So should we announce what we've got in here? We've got a gift hidden underneath a bear, a bear hide. hide. We yeah. have a gift that's long and skinny wrapped in a bear hide. We have a very large gift okay, this about is... a sixteen by twenty, thirty by forty. I'm not really this good with numbers. This is also yep. Mm. This is a um, gift. I, I know that's a big range. You good? You just um, keep going. We have a box about the size of a cordial cherries, chocolate covered cherries box. Oh, that was a festive wow. analogy. Yeah, yeah also. and then we have about like, a shoebox. I'm yeah, just thinking about shoe things box. that I've bought in my Is it life. Bigger than a okay, box? Mm-hmm. so you're first, Missy. What will you choose? Chocolate covered cherries. Okay. 
Wow, this is Josh says this is a good one. This is from the Land Bridge. Oh, this is from the this Land Bridge. This is from the Land Bridge. All right, so this so is, this is a small a box. Very great wrapping job. Josh, I have to attribute that, that to Ava Spielman. To Ava, oh, I was going to ask. Yeah. She a- she loves wrapping gifts, and she's very crafty. Yep. I keep asking her to come and mm. help me do things. <laughs> okay, and inside the box is Ooh. a smaller present wrapped in bubble wrap. Okay. Oh, whoa. Holy moly. I told buckle. you. A belt buckle with a like a Josh's beadwork on it. What? Is that a black I made panther? that last night. Is that? <laughs> Look at the back of it. And that's right Commemorative. There. Commemorative. And it says Bear Grease 2021. Wow. So it's a, and it's it's a, a bear. silver belt buckle with beadwork of a bear on it. Yeah. Very, very classy. classy. I told very you. Very classy. Wow. Told you. It change will change your life. your life. That is great. I would like to keep Can, this. Well, well, you, you really don't. That's have much not choice. your choice. How many steals okay. can it have? It can only be stolen once. Okay, yes. Gary, you're up next. What are you gonna choose? <laughs> let, let me look at that. Don't look too close, Gary. <laughs> you yeah, are. So I have to say that talented. I stayed up till four o'clock in the morning making. Okay. You're so you much really? more talented than you look. You know what? I don't mean <laughs> that in a bad way. <laughs> I'm gonna take this guy right here. Okay, Gary's taking. Okay. the... I feel Gary. like I need a vaccination to even touch it. Yeah, Gary it, has uh, has chosen. Should we take a picture the, of it yes. so that you can post it on Instagram okay, to see yeah, what it was? Hold, hold that up, Dad. I can't tell if it's uh, an old rifle or if it's like the 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 front quarter of a white-tailed deer. Do, do I get to keep the bear hide? Um, Come if on, you man. want it, yes. No, I'm not sure I want it, but I might. Man, I'm excited about seeing it. Like everybody's sitting here with their mouths open, just. I'm going to guess it's a muzzle loader. Mm, Hopefully, it's it not my like muzzle loader. Wood when you hit on it. Holy! What? That is my muzzle loader. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Thank, thank Josh, that's my muzzle loader. <laughs> Are you sure? How do you know that's yours? <laughs> the, the boat is gone. Like it most definitely that is looks Josh's familiar. muzzle loader. <laughs> okay, um, that is Josh's muzzle loader. Well, thank you, Josh. And I've chosen to give it away in this gift exchange. Um, I guess hear? I have the opportunity to you steal the last. <laughs> <laughs> what about no? Some of okay, the parts. okay. This is this is a decoy. This is a decoy gift. The funny part of this is that that is Josh's muzzleloader that he lent me that I haven't yeah, given it back I'm yet. Keeping it. Okay. Has <laughs> he got a bullet in it? <laughs> no, I, I took the to... I took the uh, breach out of it. So okay. just for safety, so we didn't shoot anybody. Okay. Hold You're on. Gonna... We got we got to work through this because this is hang on. This Juju. is you. You listen to Juju. <laughs> we, we've actually got to work through this because I don't okay. have the right to give away Josh's muzzleloader. That's what was funny, okay? That was funny. This oh, is the actual gift. This is oh, a man. This is a first light dirt bag wow. duffel. Oh, read, this, man. Read, the, read the tag. This so first light has a hey, series this is of. A, is that used, like this came from uh, Salvage? Uh, oh, he wants to clothing keep clothing. Salvage. Snap. It was. It's been. It was built 10 or 12 years ago. It's been used. It's been to Alaska Worthless. twice. It's got it's COVID inside. Boy. No, really, this is a Omicron. nice This is a nice piece. First light. I mean, this is. This That's is, a nice bag. I, I'm a bag. There's certain wow. things I like. And I got and my bags eye are on one that. of them. Wow. Okay. I All right. Moving on. I feel on. a little bit like this is the Michael Scott white elephant where. It kind of is like the eye. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, this iPod. is not even a white elephant. I mean, I will. I tell you, okay. boys, I look like an old guy, but I'll whip your fanny if you make this deal. <laughs> <laughs> Believer. Believer. Right oh, here. Oh, wow. I got, there's two of us now. Okay, Josh, 
Who's no, up? You're next. You're, you're next. next. You're, you're next. next. Oh, you're next. Hey, totally don't forget this. there is one under Underneath the bear. bear hide. Oh yeah, there is one. Oh, I'm just I'm reminding y'all. I'm taking this one. Who? All right. Okay. So I'm, I've oh, got a. Uh, this shoe clearly was wrapped like the by size Judy Newcomb. Definitely was wrapped by Judy. This is intricate. If if archaeologists dug this out of the ground one day, they would go, "Why did they r- spend that much time wrapping it? Why would they do that?" When all the trees are what, gone. What, what? Couldn't they have used their resources in other ways? They would have said that. Okay. All right. It's in so a Target I'm, box. I'm, it's I in don't a Target think box. It's from Target. Could be. Oh. What Very you got there? nice. Look at this. Uh, oh, nice. Big Buck hitch cover oh, for the back that's of your nice. truck. I that's would totally nice. Classy. And mm-hmm. some Christmas socks. Oh, nice. Ooh, wow. Judy. This is a Pulling good Pulling out gift. the big guns. Wow. And uh, a, a little, um, a little like sign that says genius at work. <laughs> you need two of those. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Dan. This, uh, so this is terrible on two it fronts. Is. Leave my bag alone. <laughs> because <laughs> number one, my gift is way below the level of all these gifts. Wait, is your my gift is under unwrapped under the bear hide? Okay. Number two, why this is terrible is you're gonna steal my. Present, I'm gonna aren't steal you? Misty's belt buckle. Ooh. I need a sneaker. Dan will wear that sucker. I will wear it right now. Well, the only. <laughs> Okay. He'll take his. <laughs> so does he? It's, wow, this is getting it's dead. It's, it's, yeah, it's dead now. Changing it's dead. His so I have buckle. the option of the gift I brought or Dan's. Who underneath. can change their belt buckle that quick? That's I know. Oh, it was man, like, it was like he keeps a spare in his pocket. <laughs> it was like, like he was just <laughs> waiting to do that. It looks good though. Dead Did y'all collect it? This in is advance? nice. No. I love this. It is awesome. Thank you, Misty. You're welcome. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to okay, be Josh, fairly resentful. Who, who, it's my, wait, it's oh, Misty. He took it from me, so Misty. now okay. I go. No, please do not choose mine. It's I'm definitely terrible. choosing Dan. No, it's awful. <laughs> this I just want to cement the bad it's, feelings it's, of you stealing. You're, otherwise, you're taking your own. Well, okay, under the bear skin. Dan's oh. is under the... <laughs> <laughs> That's cancer. There's two like cases that. of Mountain Dew. Uh, but well, not like Mountain Dew. Well, not even Dew. mystery flavor Let Mountain Dew. Let me just Dew. tell you, these Major are... Major Melon <laughs> and these are, Dew. I mean, I, well, no, I kind of downplayed kids. this, but I'll, 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 let me just introduce this gift a little bit. These are <laughs> experimental Mountain Dew flavors that we acquired, and it is my joy to turn them over to you. <laughs> wow. You can either drink them or use them to kill plants. Pause. Experimental Mountain Dew flavors. Does that mean y'all have tasted these and have mm. chosen? So these are used. This if is like a half you, open box. I think if you save this <laughs> like both, a Star Wars figurine, these will be, be worth, worth a lot of money it. someday. Both of these 12 packs have been unspoiled. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I've got 24 mm-hmm. mystery flavor Mountain Dew. That's right. <laughs> That's okay, right. so who Sweet. who doesn't have a gift? Josh, Josh. Spillmaker. Like Down I said, bigger's better. So I can steal. You can steal. Gary is or eyeballing Gary Newcomb. Or Misty Newcomb's gift mm-hmm. here. It's a winner. It's it's I, ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you, it's it's the size of a large picture frame has kind of a picture framey feel about it mm-hmm. very you, nicely wrapped mm-hmm, very nicely wrapped. it's gonna be a black panther i think i'm a, i think i'm gonna keep this one because i need you won't I, regret. i'm pretty certain it's artwork and i need some artwork for my shop mm, yes you do this <laughs> the look clay newcomb's giving me right now is that like do, do you, you know, know what, what this is? is do you know what it is no he did you're the worst i cannot liar. say i can't i can't say it. i can't <laughs> say it. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to let Gary it. Newcomb keep his bag. 
I'll, although I'm going to say, I'm going to take whatever's in this and my muzzle loader. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's partly the reason I gave it away because I, I was looking for a reason to give it back to you. Josh is just opened it. This is what I always dreamed of. I mean, I, <laughs> oh no, I can't believe it. <laughs> a picture of Clay. Yeah, this, this a giant picture of giant Clay. portrait of a big Cheshire cat grinning. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Clay Newcomb. That is a museum quality frame from from someone you know very dear to yes. you. Yes, I mean I'm serious. You, that is a probably a three hundred dollar frame job on that. It's hey. an excellent frame, and what I like about it, Josh, is that it was given to us. It's a wonderful picture mm-hmm. by a very skilled photographer. My head is like fourteen inches big. Yeah, <laughs> yes, at least, at least, it's bigger than Josh's torso. Like when I just took a picture it's a of it, giant picture it's of my giant. face. And so it was a high quality. It was given to us. <laughs> I'll we, sign it for you right now. It just always felt a little big in our house, almost idolatrous. You know, like to put this <laughs> I, up in I your can see and the one thing that. Okay, for Pause. the record, we did not ask for this, nor did if we. If the artist of this portrait institute. sees it hanging in my shop, I'm nervous a little bit about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous a little bit about that. So, second thing. Hey, the one thing that we have learned is that wherever you put exactly. it in a room, You're... those eyes, buddy, they follow you. <laughs> when Clay was traveling, like that, I... like that statue of Jesus exactly. that follows we would say, you. At... We would say like Clay's that. watching, like whenever the kids would get in trouble when they were little, and Clay would be on the road. I would just point to the wall. Can you turn like, it away from me? <laughs> I like it I like that you're wearing the Arkansas Bear and Buck. Yeah, uh, well, Arkansas I'll, I'll, Black Bear I'll Association. I'll have you know hat. that the reason that little grin is there so big is I had just killed a beautiful white-tailed buck that had a four-inch drop tine on Christmas Eve. Really? Yeah. Water so it Witch. is a, the buck it I is called a Water Christmas. Witch. It is a Christmas photo. That photo was Gary, taken sure on Christmas Eve. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I tell you what that's good for. Like those little little darts, those little suction well, cup I darts two, to shoot I have at. two thoughts. A lot of dictators make everybody put <laughs> yeah. their picture on the wall and they're mm-hmm. wherever. Mm-hmm. That or the fact that that, Misty, you really need to keep that. That's the kind of thing, if you don't want to put it out like you're egotistical, you put it in the attic and think what the little grandbabies. Right. I mean, they'd go, wow. See, that's been in our attic for about a decade. It needs to be in the attic Actually, about not a three or four decades. That, that photo was taken in 2011. Value. It should so have stayed years in old. the attic. It's 10 years old. I killed Water Witch in 2011. Hey, well, that's a highlight of my life, I Fantastic. Have to say. I just want to give everybody an applause. Thank you for Great that. job on the gifts. <laughs> really put your heart into it. And Josh. Uh, sorry about keeping your mother so long. <laughs> I've also got all your, your gear with it, okay? Great. Do I have yeah. to wait another year to get that? We'll, come, we'll wrap it up and drop it off at your house for hey, Christmas Day. Okay, so now we'll get into... So this was like a holiday specialty section, okay, of the Bear Grease render. Now we're getting into the, the serious part of the render. What did you guys think no of the last business. render crew? It, you know, it was the guys from Onyx. It was Jared Larson, Zach Sandow. And then Rusty Johnson, Rustin Johnson, Hunter Rude, Justin Michaud. I mean, they I, did pretty good. I have I, to say that it was, there was a lot of them. And it always kind of hurt. I have to say that also that, <laughs> you know, we're such distinctive personalities. Mm. It kind of They kind of just all ran together. There was mm. a couple of distinctive personalities in there, but they kind of all ran together. 
Mm. I think that really. <laughs> so Josh is saying none of them has what as I'm good saying of a personality is as any one of us. <laughs> with the render crew that you have here, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, Clay. Oh wow. <laughs> okay, oh, that's one viewpoint. I will say after the the previous time that another crew was brought in, I will admit, but they stepped it up. And I went into this one with pretty low expectations. Mm. I thought they were fantastic. I actually really liked them. They did a good job. I thought they were great. I thought, man, they did just as good as us. Listen to this. I did listen to it. Did you think they did okay? I thought they did good. What did you think about Rusty Johnson getting anxiety sickness before he hunts? I I (laughs) thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. That he would he would gag and get so ever, nervous. Do you ever get excited about anything that, that much? <laughs> well, I can't say that I have. Like before you would hey, teach I'll school tell you in what, the morning. Juju, no, the no. day before Thanksgiving when Juju's cooking, <laughs> she is like pumped. I mean, just like I cannot wait to get in Judy, the kitchen. Is there is there a time in this the isn't year fair? I'm telling is, you <laughs> that you are just like absolutely stoked to be doing what you're doing. Oh yes, this time. Shopping, <laughs> seeing Shop- my grandbabies. Yes, I get excited yeah. about that. Hey, Gigi gets pretty pumped up about teaching kids to read too. Yeah. Well, yeah, I do love that. But I'm, maybe you I'm could teach Josh to read. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the, the, those guys' comments, though. I, I remember them the talking about one guy, one cameraman in the tree stand would talk your ear off, and the other cameraman wanted to talk but his hunter i think guess it was, it was that rusty it was, it was hunter and rusty yeah. yeah he wouldn't talk and he'd sit there for hours not saying <laughs> yeah. anything and it was i thought so that funny. was funny it was so hunter hunter is like he has like long red hair and he's just a funny guy you're just around him and you're like he's really funny and so rusty is real serious is it Rusty's son that's a lawyer? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when Rusty and Hunter went together, it, and it was just real funny <laughs> because Rusty's this dead serious white to Hunter, and Hunter's this like, he's a good hunter. But I'm not taking anything away from him, but he had, I don't know that he had been around somebody like Rusty, and so it was real funny. But they came together in the end, Juju. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what the render's all about. <laughs> <laughs> Unity. You know Un- what? Unpolarizing the nation. I feel like I need, I need to... Unpolarized. I mean, you've polarized a bunch of our friends now with your statements about their wow. performance on a podcast. <laughs> I will say that Willow Newcomb, and I don't want y'all to be mad at her about this. Oh, yeah. But after the first, like, non, what do we call us? Regular render. Non-regular crew she render. She called us. We need an acronym. Yeah, NRR. Um, she called us and said, hey, that was really great. The ones that you thought weren't great. She said, that was really great. Sometimes I feel very overwhelmed by the regular crew and mm. she said it actually gives me she described it as i'll just say anxiety inducing to listen to us <laughs> well i mean i could see if she's having trouble sleeping enjoying listening to the first non-regular so render she crew. said that it was great then we do this one and she's like we she came home for the holidays and she said dad that last render crew you had she said it's always my favorite whenever it's a different crew <laughs> Willow said that. Yeah, Willow Newcomb said that. Willow said that. Yeah, she said that. I mean, and, you guys don't take what she's dead to me. She's dead to me. Hey, you know, <laughs> I, I think uh, you know. Uh, I just think that the insecurities of this render crew <laughs> is just glowing. <laughs> Uh, it's like job security. You know, you can't brag on the guy next to you. You got to bad mouth him. I thought, I thought, they did I thought great. the second, it's a zero sum I game, Gary. The second irregular crew was probably the best. The first irregular crew was probably second best. 
And this bunch right here, myself included, we're probably third. <laughs> well, we're like I, third I, I'll be honest, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Mark and that bunch, maybe because I just had met them. That, yeah. That's what oh, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. If you had known those guys, because they were the nicest guys, yeah. Mark and Andreas and Tyler and Joe. Yeah, and I mean, you, way you nicer than not, all these guys. Daniel's yeah. feelings. No, you, you, guys you know are, us, too, okay? <laughs> you guys are nice, too. Yeah, but, but, uh, really and truly, I, I, I like both groups. I think a little variety is pretty cool. Hey, it's you just, know, maybe we could arrange a fist fight it's just, between the could, two crews. Just between us between and the, Willow? <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting in as a guest on the on a render when you're not used to doing it, uh-huh. I can say that right now. It's yes. it's hard to think of something really cool to say every time. And uh, you guys, and Gigi's never had any trouble thinking. Of something you cool guys to say. have mastered it. You two, you two. Oh wow, big Absolutely. compliment! Uh, wow. So it's fun listening. Okay, to well, just there's a. I, I've got just a little time. bit of. <laughs> A little bit of housekeeping to do here. Um, now that it is Christmas time, it's now that it is Christmas, I would like to uh, make a formal apology mm. to uh, all the render listeners who put up their Christmas lights before Thanksgiving. Mm. You want to apologize to them? I do. Why? Because now that it's Christmas and we're all pumped for Christmas... I'm like maybe they were instrumental in helping you get pumped. Maybe they feeling. were maybe maybe they were right the whole time. Maybe soon. Clay flip flops again. And <laughs> my friend Ryan Pettigrew called me out on it and he said, Clay, I put up Christmas lights on November the first. And he said, I wow. do it because my wife wants me to do it. And we love Christmas. And he's a real big dude. And like and so you're gonna- I wouldn't want to fight him. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? Give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. She'll love looking back on these memories and seeing what you're up to today. Even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mom's frame with new photos, so it's the gift that keeps on giving. And this is not a joke. Juju Nukem has an Aura frame, and we share photos and they're incredible. Also, my mother-in-law has one. We have them. They truly are really good, really high quality. The Aura Frame is easy to set up. It takes just two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. It also adjusts the display depending on light levels in the room to maintain the true color of your photos. For real, the digital screen is amazing. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame when you use code BEAR, B-E-A-R, BEAR. That's AuraFrames.com. Use code BEAR at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Montana Knife Company was founded by Josh Smith, one of the world's most experienced master bladesmiths. He's been making knives for 30 years. Made in the USA and manufactured locally in Montana. The knives come with a multi-generational warranty and free sharpening. Designed, tested, and built by hunters, MKC is a hunting knife company first and foremost. 
They have the sharpest knives out of the box and the easiest knives to sharpen. And that is the dadgum truth. You better be careful with them when you get them. They are sharp. MKC is a fast-growing company. They just hired their 55th employee and are looking to hire about 50 more in the next year or so. I've carried a lot of these Montana knives and the one that I like the most is their Speed Goat, which is a lightweight hunting knife, just the right size. MKC knives sell out within minutes of being released. So head over to MontanaKnifeCompany.com. They have new knives for sale every Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So check their website and sign up for their text and email alerts. That is the best way to find out when they have knives available. Use code BEARGREASE10 for 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company, working knives for working people. The old timers say that the turkeys start gobbling when the leaves are as big as squirrel's ears and the red buds start popping. And we're about there. And we are there in the south. The Onyx Hunt app is one of my most valuable tools in the spring woods. With tools like coniferous versus deciduous tree distribution layer, you can save time by locating edges or transition areas of mixing habitats from home. Find an area like this with water in close proximity, and more than likely, there will be a goblin turkey nearby. Knowing the exact boundaries of private ground ensures I stay on the right side of the fence, but can easily find public ground to go see if I can't strike a gobbler. If you do get one to sound off, using compass mode and waypoints will help you pinpoint his exact location, allowing you to move in and make the perfect setup to bring him right into your lap. Download the Onyx Hunt app today. You'll be glad you did. Onyx has a special offer for you. Use code BEARGREASE to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt this spring. We had some petty criminals come through our neighborhood night before last and steal Christmas decorations out of people's front yard. You guys really? have more criminal I wish they would activity. steal Halloween decorations. They leave those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, two, get after... The heart of the podcast here, guys, we're three three podcasts into a four-part series. The fourth part is going to be one of my favorites. I'm, I'm working on it as we speak. What did y'all think of this third one? So the, the, to, to clarify, sometimes it probably jumbles into one big section. The first podcast, the first in our series was on George McJunkin. Okay. And, and for those maybe cool, who dude. haven't heard it, might want to go back. George McJunkin was the freed slave who in 1908 found the Folsom site, reported it. The people, it wasn't until after he was dead that they recognized what it was that he had found. And so the whole first podcast, we dove into George McJunkin's life and him being a cowboy. And it was all about him and very little about the Folsom site. But that's part of the Folsom story. Part number two was diving into Folsom. And I introduced... Well, the authority on the Folsom site in the nation, Dr. David Meltzer from SMU. Incredible guy. And the reason he is the authority on Folsom is he literally wrote a textbook on Folsom. It's right up there. Oh. See that book? I mean, it is, it is, a, pretty. It is nice like cover. an academic textbook. It's not a book that you would give away and be like, hey, you'll enjoy reading this. Hmm. I mean, it's You'd like. I hate reading it. Yeah, you would, you would give it to him. <laughs> you'd be like, Punishing. you're going to really struggle with this. No, I'm just <laughs> Why did you look at me when you said that? <laughs> I loved it, uh, but it, I'm just saying it wasn't like written like some right. entertaining, purposely entertaining nonfiction book. 
And so we talked about the archaeology, and I needed to sort out just a general understanding of archaeology. So we talked about the processes of verification of the site, and we learned about the drama of the Folsom site, in that there were other sites that were probably as legit as Folsom that had human points with old Ice Age mammals, but they didn't count because of the way they were excavated and understood and, and, and found in different ways. So that was really interesting. The third, well, and then we just established what happened at the Folsom site, which was 32 bison antiquists killed by human hunters. And the only reason we know that, we would have thought they got struck by lightning, and I'm going to come back to that, Josh, had it not been for the 20-ish stone points that were found amongst the bones and that there were fractures in bones that were clearly impact fractures from stone points. So while these animals were alive, Humans were chunking spears, atlatl darts. We don't right. know. You will learn whether it was spears or atlatl darts in part four. Oh. And there is a question. Okay. I, I, I figured they were atlatl. In general, when you talk to people, they, almost everyone just for sure 100% says, yeah, they were atlatl. But when we talk to the expert on atlatls, there is question. Because you cannot necessarily determine an atlatl point based upon its size as compared to some of the bigger arrow points. And my future guest, who y'all don't know who it is yet, Ooh. Devin Pettigrew, mm-hmm. he, he talks about, I mean, he just dives into it big time. Probably it was atlatls, but it's not definitive. So we talked about that. And then in part three is when we talked about gourmet butchering. And then we talked about the cultural impact of dating human arrival in North America back 10,000, you know, seven, 8,000 years further than we thought. But uh, what'd y'all think? What'd y'all think about the gourmet butchering stuff? You know, that, that was very interesting to hear because one of my biggest questions about the whole thing is, you know, if we're talking about a small group of people, you know, maybe 50 people, why did they want to kill 32 bison? I mean, that's just a huge pile of work, you know, thinking about, you know, thirty to forty thousand pounds of meat. Yeah. Why did they need to kill all that? What What drove them to kill that many? Why didn't they kill five and you know say, "Hey, we got our work cut out, cut were, out for us"? They were Americans. <laughs> they were Americans. Just consumption. <laughs> yeah. All the way back. Conspicuous consumption. <laughs> Why kill five if you can kill thirty? But but Good point. You know the the fact of them thinking, well, I'm just going to take. You know, there was no sense of of ethic hunting ethic back then so the idea of the gourmet butchering you know they might have just seen hey we'll get 32 tongues out of this you know there was no thought process inside of that so i've i felt like that kind of helped me understand the the thought process behind it of of these ancient peoples doing well you know the question too would be why wouldn't they kill i mean you're 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 people that are living it's almost hand to mouth i mean there is no you're not storing up a 501k for 10 years down the road you are literally killing stuff that can not a five hundred one k four hundred one k. Does Misty? Hopefully, Misty does a lot of the finances. Yeah, yeah I feel she like does. she's probably she on it. She does. You guys are a four hundred one k is a nonprofit retirement account. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, sorry. So the four hundred one k. They don't have four hundred one k's. They <laughs> or five hundred one k's. They don't have any k's. <laughs> and the only f- 
security for the future that they have is what they've killed today and whatever the preservation techniques would have been, which could have been the ice and snow and them storing the meat in the snow through the winter, or they made pemmican. There was a whole section about Dr. Meltzer that, talking to me about pemmican, which I just, we just couldn't would put in Would that have been made then? Well, I mean, they would have used the meat to make pemmican. Huh. Oh, yeah. They, did they make it back yeah. then? They believe yeah. they did. Where they would have been a mixture of meat and berries and other stuff and dried out and flattened. And yeah. it could have it could have lasted you know months. Could they not also smoke the meat? I'm presuming. You know, I think there are yeah hunter gatherer like band societies today that will kill a giraffe, and you know you've got 1,500 pounds of meat, and yeah. there's 25 of them, and they'll smoke the meat to preserve it. To preserve it. You know, it's not rock solid preservation, but it's better than just letting it go bad and wasting yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so the question would just be, why wouldn't they kill as many as they possibly could? Because they would not have. I mean, it wouldn't have been even in the thought process for them to think, you know what, we're going to let a couple of these guys go. We presume there was not that thought process. Well, That they're like, what do you think, Steve Juju? Ranella mentioned that they took the hides. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, could it be possible they didn't take all the meat, but they took the... What meat they needed. I'll be darned. And took the hides for shelter. <laughs> well, they Out could use field. the hides to build shelters and teepees or whatever you... Incredible the, thought. Their huts Gigi. were called. Was that brought out? Was that Well, it, that's a good... That is a great answer to a potential potential answer to the question of why they killed that many if they weren't going to use all the meat. Presumably, they used all the hides because there were no tailbones. Zero tailbones. And the tailbones were left in the hides when they carried them off. I think Juju just beat all your experts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, what no, do you think happened, Juju? I'm not <laughs> sure, but I, I thought about leaving all those Folsom points, how hard it was to make those Folsom points, how yes. long it took to chisel out. But I guess it was deep in the animal, and they couldn't pull it back out. Yeah. But I thought, wow, if they could have taken those 20 points back with them, they would have saved a lot classic, of time. Classic uh, mother. <laughs> Like, I would have come back from that hunt, and Juju, Juju would have been like, Clay, baby, where's your Folsom points? <laughs> and I would have been like, I, I broke them. And she would have been like, Clay, Didn't you reach you know, your hand daddy worked hard for those. <laughs> Whereas, was Dr. Meltzer able to determine the points that were at the Folsom Museum? Were those legit? No, we don't. None of those that we saw at the Folsom Museum were from the Folsom site. Okay. None of them. Okay. All all the points from the Folsom site are in big museums, and there's several that are unaccounted for. Dun dun dun! And they might be this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for that to show up in the Man, white white oh, elephant. You know gift. what? If I'd have thought about it, I, white elephant gift, I would have got a Folsom replica. They're, that would have been they, awesome. They are they are one of the coolest stone points I've ever seen. I want one now. Yeah, I know. They're they're awesome. The the way they're so thin and delicate and so they're beautiful. Yeah, they're awesome. Shit. You know, it's one of those things that if you didn't know it was beautiful, if no one, if you didn't know the backstory, you'd look at the point and you'd just go, "Oh, cool stone point." But when you know the history, and after episode number four, every household in America is going to want a fulsome replica, <laughs> wow. replica point. That's a hey, it's a bold fence. statement. Foreshadowing. Yeah. This is not foreshadowing. This is like a straight up. Shadow. We make a Folsom point on episode four. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, like, clickety-clack, make it. I wonder if, like, the Folsom <laughs> peoples ran into the Clovis peoples and they were, like, judging their points. Like, we oh, talk those, about that, too. Do you really? I'm being dead serious. Because they were like, oh, those Clovis points, they're okay. But have you seen these Folsom points? Technology <laughs> differences. 
Hey, I want to bring up uh, a couple. I had a couple of comments. I had a buddy of mine, uh, Scott Brown, a good friend of mine. He wrote me and he sent me a link to an article of something that happened pretty recently where 19 cows were killed by lightning. It was a big, big pile of cows. And all of their tailbones were evaporated. <laughs> right? And the, and, yes. the, and the lightning shaped these stones into stone points. Well, he, he wasn't trying to say that that's what happened. But he was, he was just bringing up a good point. He said, he said, have you ever thought about a lightning strike? For, because it is unusual how the bones were piled up. And there's lots of reasons why that didn't happen. Number one, the stone points. But they could have been struck by lightning, and then Folsom hunters came by and found them and butchered them. But that would not explain. Dr. Meltzer, if he's listening to this right now, which I'm hoping he's not, uh, he would like want to like fight me for saying that. Because they did find impact fractures in a few bones, not many. I mean, it's not like every single bison they right. were able to see where it was and, pierced and I mean, by that's, stone that would point. be that would be you would expect not to find a bunch that's right that's right i'm just trying to get my mind around and maybe this you talk about this more in the next episode we may a spear with a stone head i mean i take my bow with a 70 pound draw weight and i shoot and if i have a bad shot on a whitetail it hits the shoulder and i mean it might crack a bone in there for sure but just my hand with a wooden shaft on a spear and a stone, I don't know if I could throw it hard enough to crack a rib. Yeah. How does that They go could have down? gotten well, close enough literally to jab. jab. Yeah. Well, so there's a lot of things going. And what the fundamental thing is physics, momentum, the calculation of momentum, which is a calculation of the velocity and the mass of this thing. And uh, when you start doubling, tripling, quadrupling the mass compared to the modern eras, which we're shooting, which are in the 450 to 600 grain right. range. Yeah. You start like multiplying that times 10 in the momentum, which momentum is people that are familiar with Ed Ashby's ideas, on, or not his ideas, just kind of he made this famous in the archery community. When, you, when you're talking about how much an arrow, a projectile point will penetrate into something, the correct calculation to use is momentum because momentum measures a vector, which a vector has a direction. You hear a lot of people talk about kinetic energy. Dad, that's what people in the 90s used to talk we, about. We used to, we used to do the kinetic energy. We used to Vector figure, is mass times velocity, yeah, right? Squared mm, or something. Well, like, yeah. the, the, the kinetic energy, but basically kinetic energy is not the right one. Momentum is. And to answer your question, Really, we go into great detail. Devin Pettigrew is the probably the nation's expert on atlatls, and he has actually done experiments on bison carcasses with atlatls. And I mean, they just like punch right through them. No you know, they deal. probably would have found more impact fractures too. But weren't they taking weren't they taking rib racks out of there? You know, because if you're going to shoot something, you can shoot it broadside. That's, That's a good point. They probably hauled off. I'm surprised Juju didn't think of that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because if, if, if the main the target the on target. a bison is going to be his ribs, and then you were taking rib racks, you're taking away the evidence of probably where it went through. They were covering their tracks. They knew we were going to be <laughs> sniffing them out. <laughs> 10,000 years later. Um, I'd like to read another. In, because my mother's here, and uh, she, is in, she has asked me to be nice to people that write in, <laughs> I would like to talk about this guy. Um <laughs> No, it was actually really good. Love the last episodes on 
Folsom and George McJunkin. Here's his question. How did they know it all happened in one day? Could this not have been a great place to herd and reliably make successful and repeatable kills? Oh, Given that it was said they could go there their whole lives without coming into contact with someone outside of their relations, and that they were probably in groups of around 15, doesn't it make sense that killing 32 is a little excessive, he says. Yeah, I'm with him. I would think any hunter would want to care for their tools, and killing so many at one time would seem... This goes right back to what Juju said. As a hunter, I would think I would want to take care of my tools, and killing so many at one time would seem to be not only a waste of resource, but potentially costing their time and hard work on making these tools. So basically he says, could the that many bison, could it have been spread over multiple years in a unique kill site? This is Whether, a honey hole. Yeah, this, this is, is a honey hole. Primitive this honey hole. This is the hole. killing tree. That makes a ton of sense. What do you think, Dad? I think that guy, I'll let him take my place on the render. Wow. Yeah. Nick it, Brown. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Now, go, didn't the, the he only... must be from Canada. He said cheers. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did, didn't, didn't they say, though, that they <laughs> could tell by like the, the bones when they were laid down in sediment, the sections that were white or how long they stayed right. white? It'd be interesting to hear Dr. Meltzer tell us why that, that is wrong, yeah. because he probably would. But presumably, if I mean, if you, I don't think they could whittle it down to if it was even just a couple of years, like maybe it was a five year period. I don't know that they would be able to go to that much detail. It all, that's a great, I mean, because if you've got a, if they're, they find this little box canyon and the, you know, the first time it happens, they get a a few of these bison, they're no dummies. They're just going to keep going for days and leave this thing behind, and it worked perfect. I mean, you get a good spot when you're hunting. Yeah. You never forget that spot. Never. And you're going to go back. Yep. Yeah. Well, it. it I'm. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'd, I'd give this. I give Nick credit for coming up with a good idea. I. I really believe if Meltzer were here, he would be able to say, "Well, the because man, I'm telling you, the amount." of research that they did on this site and the 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 technology that they that they used to understand the stratification over those animals and the, the what was going on with erosion is just mind blowing and that's part of the book that I couldn't even follow it was just so technical what do you think did they have uh any estimation of the number of people involved well we have no idea well and i we mean we talked it, about could, it could but, it be i mean 32 could be a very small number if I've got, you know, a million people in my group, even though I know there wouldn't be that many. They said, I mean, if there was, you know, you got a little community of 300 people or something. I mean, well, okay. So they they believe that these people were in much smaller groups than that. Yeah. Just by the size of their camps in different places. Yeah. They think they stayed in groups of about 25 and at different times of the year would come together. So, but could it have been 100 people? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been. And they don't know what time of year it was either. Do well, they do. They do. The fall. Okay. In the fall. Okay, so it. You know, I'm just thinking if it was closer to winter, then they could have preserved them in the cold weather a lot better. Right. Uh, but uh, they think it was the fall, and they well, they know it was the fall based upon the teeth of the baby calves. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but it, so let's just say it would have been September. Meltzer said, you know, September, October, and. It was colder back then. I mean, it was in the yeah. end of the ice age. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking in terms of whitetail, you know. But they 
bison don't just walk around in twos and threes. Right. There, it's an entire herd, and there's calves, and yeah. they basically found a herd slaughtered. Okay, here's another. So that, here's another. Probably, it's probably not going to be multiple years. Because they're looking at they're looking at the behavior of the animals as well. Well, because it's a cow calf herd. Yeah, it's a cow calf. So herd. if it had been a mix of bulls and cows and calves, that's a good that's, that's a good point. I still give yeah. Nick credit for having a good idea. I like Nick. Well, oh, do, Nick. do they have plans to excavate further? You said that was a sixty by sixty square. Foot. Yeah, it was. It, it it appeared to me to be very small. The area they had actually excavated. But <laughs> when I brought that up to Doctor Meltzer, he didn't think that he just kind of acted like that it was kind of silly for me to think that because probably it's a big site that they excavated i mean archaeologists you know they might look at a place like half as big as this room and they might spend two years inside of it so the fact that it was you know maybe seven sixty by 60 which would be like a 10 yard bow shot by a 10 yard bow shot he he thought that they found everything. He really did. Well, they said they didn't find any evidence of their 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 living quarters or camping or anything that they. There's got to be something nearby. You know, I've got it. Yeah, I'll I mean, if part we, five. Juju goes back to Folsom. <laughs> Juju goes. In. I'm seeing like Indiana Jones music. Find of the yeah, century. Give her a whip. No, Give her a. It's hilarious. You a vest. Definitely a vest. We yeah. go camping in the woods. I mean, these guys are hunter gatherers. They're on the move. They're 20 some odd of them and they're carrying everything on their backs you know two years after camping in a spot on a piece of land you'd never know i camped there right and i've got a tent and a stove and all kind of drive my truck in there they're packing even lighter than that yeah you know they're not it's not like they're the campsites that they find they're typically looking at fire you know charcoal residue and then just bones and whatnot of what they ate because they were eating meat and then stone points. I mean, like, that's about it. And then if it's in some kind of, if it's in some situation where it can be preserved, whether it's a really arid place that doesn't have a lot of moisture that gets covered up quickly, or if it's in a cave or, you know, but yeah, I mean, just the idea that we could go back and find where they camped is to me kind of wild to think that you could. I was, I can't remember who said it, but I was pretty taken back by, um, the gentleman's comment that even though you might not have art like cave paintings yeah. from this period, that th- their art most likely would have been in songs and stories and yeah. So like Im- immaterial mar- art. immaterial art. So when culture shows up, which is immediately when you have us as humans arrive, everything you talked about with like being uniquely human. Yeah. It, it really added a whole nother layer on top of the Folsom site for me is Clearly, these people, however it went down, they're working together and they're working in mass. And you don't have people working together without culture and relationships and stories. And that kind of blew my mind. It's like, yeah. wow, that goes all that goes all the way back. And you know, there were there were other parts of the world where we do have evidence during that time of art and music and stuff. Just for whatever reason, the Folsom hunters and the way they lived, we don't have evidence of it. Which I was introduced to a new term by my future guest, Devin Pettigrew, called preservation bias. Preservation bias, though, is this idea that we are only looking at and studying stuff that there is physical material evidence left by. And so we, we find stuff like stone points and think, oh, man, this whole culture was based around stone points. But that's just the thing that lasted. 
So what what's all the other stuff that didn't last, you know? I loved it so much when Steve talked about, he brought up the idea of what kind of a day was this. And it's, think about this, 10,000 years later, we are devoting this all this time of us talking about one single day in the life. Theoretically. We're, we're devoting so much now to this one single day. You would have had to have thought that this was a pretty unique day for them. But then, like Steve said, if you were just to freeze an American household, what are the chances that you're going to freeze it when something radically unusual is happening? And so, you know, his point was this was probably just a day in the park for these guys to go or out maybe, and or kill maybe a, bunch a day of, of the season. You know, we talked about that potentially being a honey hole. Maybe that was, you know, September, October. They're there killing. What mice. do you think, Dad? I mean, do you think this was unusual or this was just normal? This is just what Folsom hunters did. Well, I don't know. I mean, no one knows. Uh, I, I would think it would be fairly normal occasionally, if that makes any sense. I mean, it's yeah. like you hunting dan i mean some some days you have or some maybe every four or five years you might have 10 or 15 deer come by or you know and most most years you're lucky to have one or two but uh, i you know i think to survive they had to have days like that occasionally yeah that would be my thinking but yeah. that would be an unusual I mean, unusual day to. think about the preservation bias of that though the chances of us finding something really unusual would be wildly statistically improbable. Would it not? Mm -hmm. The fact that we found anything is statistically improbable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then whatever you, if you find something, there had to be a whole lot of that happening in order for you to find it. So, yeah, I think it's got to be somewhat kind of like Gary said. Juju, if your life was frozen in time. On a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. What would you be doing? Praying you out of prison. <laughs> Gosh, any number of things. Planning for Thanksgiving could, dinner could be next planning year. Planning for Christmas next year. Taking notes. Deciding not to Juju make that one casserole. A, Juju Newcomb is a legend where she comes from in true. the school systems. True. Tell, oh, tell my them, goodness. Misty. <laughs> I think the true. best way to demonstrate this is your trip to the <laughs> bar. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I Merry did, Christmas. I did know someone there. I did. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's too off the. Well, I mean, what, you'll you've opened up a whole can of worms about when I that. the one time the the one time I went into huh. this bar. The one time. So if we were just to randomly find you, <laughs> if you would have ten thousand years later, and oh, Clay's <laughs> remains are at the line bar. I bet that happened once in his whole life. This would be <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> this is such a good story. You what are the odds of that? Oh. Yeah, hey, Clay, I have a, a thought there. I just looked up Maslow's model before we started this. Yeah. And they've changed it. This is crazy. But when I was in college in the 70s, early 70s, late 60s, Maslow's model. Hierarchy of needs. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. and the very first one was security. I mean, you don't worry about a four-wheeler. You're not worrying about shopping for Christmas. You're worried about where's my next meal coming from. Mm -hmm. And so their whole life, I would say, they had, didn't move up to that next section of insurance or security or whatever it might be. I mean, they're, they're guys. Case. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that, they're not coming. for a 9012 R system or, you know, whatever you're going to make up next. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, totally different in the way we are. You just yeah. think it's so unusual that we have so much time to go monkey around. Yeah. I mean, you know, we work 40-hour a week. I mean, what do you do with the rest of that time? I mean, we're out monkeying stuff up. And, or and or what we think our that. needs are. We live a bizarre Parkies. human experience compared to the vast yeah. majority of humans that have lived on planet Earth. I mean, you remember those statistics about 117 billion yeah. homo sapiens that have ever lived, 7.8 billion on the planet today. 99% of humans that have ever lived, there's no demographic data on them because their lives are lost before history was recorded. I remember it, sir. Hey, I remember my dad. I mean, when, when I was a kid, I mean, it was like we, we didn't have time for all this recreation. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, we were going out and eat two or three times a week. Well, you know, we weren't. I mean, you know, it was just I remember. I remember you. So when we, when I was a kid, I remember us going to a piece of property or something, and you were oftentimes looking for a piece of land or something, and we'd talk about the view. You know, boy, this this is a pretty view on this property, and that view gave it value. And I remember you told me, you said, man, back when we were kids, people didn't think like that. People Never. People bought a piece of property because they could make a living or homestead on it or like they yeah. weren't they weren't thinking about uh, this aesthetic things that we now attribute value to. So when you think about those people – what they did, they got up in the morning and they had their coffee and they weren't talking about some fishing trip like Josh would be doing. They're going trying like, to catch a fish on a fly. like, hey, we got to feed throw the family They would have been using sains. We got to feed the family. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a very, that, that point is what most impacts me about understanding who these people were. Is just, they lived radically different lives than us, yet were just like us. Absolutely. They were just they were just like us. If you would have took one of their babies and put it into Juju Newcomb's class at her school, that kid could have grown up and been the president of the United States. And, and you know the other. What do you think, Juju? I'm well, sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead, Dad. Well, you know, I just say that we can adapt to anything. I mean, we could actually go back to almost those times and get adapted. Get you know how we've handled yeah. COVID. When, when they put through me into basic training, man, heck, I could have spent the rest of my life in basic training. I mean, I just adjusted to it. So uh, hard times, we adjust to it. Yeah. You know, we, we look, we set new goals and objectives, and we enjoy accomplishing them. And uh, I think these were happy people, mm. and they, they love life. You know, when you started describing the things, how would you like to live in this Extreme cold weather. How would you like to wear animal stuff? I was going, I like it. I like that. I like this. Do you hear me? And then when you got to the part now today, I go, I don't like this. I mean, I probably would yeah. have enjoyed where The thing is, is you wouldn't have known any different. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You would, you would not have had anything to compare it to. They thought they were living high on the hog. That's right. When I was in college, if I had known that these girls were going to have cell phones and all this stuff they have, I would have been unhappy. But I wasn't unhappy because I had no idea I'd ever have a cell phone or mm -hmm. all the technology money, that we really. have today. But <laughs> yeah. are you going to leave your listeners wondering what Juju was doing in a bar? <laughs> I wasn't okay. there. Yeah, yeah. So this is what happened is um, – I, and again, we're talking about how famous and loved Juju is in the community down there. And uh, so one time, me and me and Bear were hunting, 
and we lost our mule. Okay, we're out in public land, and the mule got away from us. We were camping. Mule got away from us, ran off. We come back to camp. Mule's gone. And where I was hunting, the closest civilization was this establishment uh, that was a bar. Okay, and uh, so it was it was a Saturday night, and we hiked off in the dark because I'm not going to go into full detail. You could watch me tell this story mm. in its entirety mm. on the Barony Magazine YouTube channel. And so I was afraid that it, we we were camped way in the back country. And it was dark. We came back to the camp. The mule's gone. I figure the mule's run back to the truck and it's going to be just wreaking havoc out, you know, by itself. And I figured somebody was going to drive by, see a mule with a broke lead rope and think I was dead or something. And so I envisioned like the sheriff's coming looking for me and whatnot. So I said, Bear, we got to get out. We got to go find this mule. We so got to go to the bar. I hauled, <laughs> I hauled yeah, exactly. my saddle out all the way out, like carrying the saddle on my shoulder along with our whole camp. And uh, get back down to the truck, and the mule's not there. Well, I drive to the closest place, which was this bar, and I go, and I walk. It's Saturday night. I pull up, and Bear was a young kid at the time. This was years ago. Bear was like 10 years old. And I go, Bear, if I don't come out, <laughs> you, you, if I'm not back here in 10 minutes, you get in this truck, and you drive until you find somebody. What did you think? That that was actually a joke. I didn't say that. <laughs> I, what I did tell him was, uh, was I just said, "Bear, you hunker down in this car, this truck, and do not answer." I mean, if somebody walks over here to this truck, just hide. Okay, this is a rough place. It so, is a rough place. And so I I walk into this bar, and I'm fully decked out in camo, and I walk through the door, and the place is just bouncing, you know, with country music. And uh, there's, I don't know, 10 or 15 people there, and there's just a classic bar, you know. And the music is so loud, you can't hear anything. And I, I walk up to the bar, and the bartender pretty quickly comes over to me. And I just go, I just remember I said this almost word for word. This is like a bad joke. My name's Clay Newcomb. And I lost my mule. And I'm yelling this, okay, because the music's so loud. I lost my mule, also and I want to leave you my phone talking. number in case – Somebody sees it or you find it and you can call me. And he goes, what? He can't hear it. So I yell it even louder. And by this time, everybody in the whole bar is looking at me and they're all listening. And I guess because I'm yelling so loud, they all can hear me. Can we turn the music down? You can't yeah, do I mean, it. I, no. sh- I should have said that. I should have said, Alexis, turn the music down. <laughs> um, and so... I just remember yelling at this guy, and he's just like looking at me, just like, oh, no, no. and like a guy two people down from me goes, have you ever been in there before with that mule? And I go, no, the mule's never been back there. And he goes, <laughs> you'll never find that mule. Yeah, I remember that. And then, and then. For all the listeners, the guy, Clay is now standing up. <laughs> I just want to make it clear so for everyone listening, Clay guy, was sitting, now he's standing up. <laughs> and I'm talking to this bartender, and then to my left, like seven or eight people down at the end of the bar, this guy, this guy stands up, and I'm telling you, he was wobbling just a little bit, and he said, what's your name? And I looked at him, and I realized he's talking to me, and I said, Clay Newcomb. And he said, is your mother Judy Newcomb? (laughs) (laughs) And I go, and like a thousand things are going through my mind. Mainly, why does this man know my mother's name? (laughs) 
<laughs> and I didn't know what to say. I didn't know if we were about to get in a fight. I didn't know. You were about to learn a deep, dark secret <laughs> about your mother. I'm your father. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And so... I just kind of bow up and I say, "Yes, yeah, she is." <laughs> and he go his 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 countenance turned from like stern and inquisitive. He just kind of like melted into a smile and he said, "She's my teacher." <laughs> he didn't say he she, she was. is my teacher. He, he didn't say she was my teacher. He said she is my teacher. This is a grown man, like older than me. And he loved Juju so much that apparently he is like, Juju Newcomb was my teacher. <laughs> I just awesome. wanted and to set that straight. <laughs> and did you do a lot of teaching in the bars, Judy? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, it was an and so I came home. I, I went back That's and funny. I said, I walked in and I said, Juju? Boy, they sure know your name down at the bar. <laughs> and I had a few questions for her. Did you find the mule? Yes. The Let mule it... came back to our original campsite. Was that Izzy? No, it was a mule oh, I don't have was... named uh, Ellie. Ellie. Ellie May. She yeah. was wild as the wind. Yep. She nearly killed me multiple times. <laughs> Good reason to get, a, get rid yeah. of her. Yeah. I warned, Put her on I, warned, I warned the guy that I gave her to, or that I traded her to. I told him, I said, she'll kick you and she'll run off with you. I fear that he didn't He's tell the dead. guy that he... <laughs> I have not heard from him since. You cannot find that man to save your life. I was honest with him. All right. Hey, Merry Christmas, Merry everybody. Christmas, Merry everyone. Christmas, Merry Christmas. Thank you, Juju, for coming. I enjoyed it. I yep. enjoyed it. Cookies and for the cookies were delicious. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. We got... Before we send you off on the render today, we got a little song for you. Woo! Josh Spillmaker. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin. The good tidings for Christmas and a Happy New Year. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Christmas. Our good buddy Brent Reeves couldn't make it to the Render Christmas party. Very sad, but here's a message from Brent. Hey, this is Brent Reeves of the Bear Grease Render. Hate I couldn't be at the party today. I know it was a good time because there was a lot of good folks there. I got everybody the presents that they wanted, except for you, Clay. I'm I'm sorry, buddy. They they just don't make a Steve Ranella action figure. Best I could come up with was an old naked G.I. Joe we found in the attic that belonged to my son. I made him a suit of clothes out of a out of a squirrel hide that we were saving the tie flies with. That's just going to have to do until we can come up with something different. I do want to thank you guys for allowing me to be a part of this and wish every one of you and everyone listening a very, very Merry Christmas. What do you think? That was terrible. <laughs> 
Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana. They're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. Maui Nui is on a mission to help balance access deer populations for the good of our environment, communities, and food systems on the island of Maui. They've shared over 126,000 pounds of nutrient-dense protein with the Maui community. Secure your spot now. Become a snack subscriber and join in helping to build more resilient food and ecosystems on Maui. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I-Venison.com. And use promo code BEAR for 20% off your first order. 